Hello and welcome to the Pros with Unity podcast. This week in the studio, we're reduced on numbers, but the passion still remains. I'm joined by Barry. How are we doing, Barry? Yeah, yeah, it's not so bad, considering. Considering, yeah. Um, Pendles, I can just call you Adam tonight. Adam, how are we doing? Yeah, I don't need to be old Adam tonight. That's great. I feel young again. Um, yeah, I'm all right. I'm putting a bit of weight on my foot again now, so I'm getting around. Uh, I'll be available <coughs> for lactics in a couple of weeks. Yeah, nobody asked how that was doing. But anyway, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm winding you up. Okay, and, Simon, <laughs> and, uh, young Adam's not here to ask you. Well, I, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've just been for a, a nice bit of a walk. I just had some tea and uh, yeah, back into the into the host seat. And we've got a special guest tonight, and it's it's one of probably three guests we've got tonight. But joining us live in podcast world is Nathan Sinclair. Nathan, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, been at work today, so I'm a little bit tired. But other than that, I'm fine. <clears throat> excellent, excellent. Well, well, uh, you'll no doubt have some uh, things to say on the the discussion topics that we have uh, coming up today. But let's start with a recap, and let's recap the game against Doncaster Rovers at the D-Dub. Uh, possession was pretty even, attempts even. Doncaster outdid us on uh, on targets, as they did for corners. They were the dirtier team. Two yellows for them, one for us, no reds, and the score finished. Wigan Athletic won. Doncaster Rovers nil. We've got. Joey Garner. Barry. Yeah, indeed. Uh, what a season. Or a start to the season he's had. Fantastic. He's uh, leading the line brilliantly. Never any doubt that he would do. Uh, and he's finally the back of the net as well, which is what you want from your from your striker and your skipper, leading by example. Um, fantastic. Uh, I thought, for me, Doncaster were the best side we've played so far. I don't know what other people's views on that are. Nathan? Um, yeah, I'd go with that. Um, they're a decent side. I, I'm just I'm just a little bit worried still that we are um we're still misplacing quite a few passes. Um that's been a, a running theme for me the last few games. So I've been happy with the happy with the performance though, considering it's a, basically a new team. Yeah, Barry, do you want to come back in? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just taking a, a what's known as a pregnant pause in the in the trade, worth it. Uh, yeah, um, I thought uh, Doncaster were the best team we have played so far, but uh, not. I don't think anything's been outstanding, and there's been no fear for for us really, uh, considering that you know we've got um, Perry and Murray centre mid who are untried at, at this level, who've absolutely. Been outstanding, I think. Uh, we've got the uh, Tom James coming at right back. He's been a, a revelation. Uh, yeah, I just think uh, you know it's it's really good. Uh, I, I, I'd have been happy with us just finishing the season, but now uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, <clears throat> and if if Ipswich, Portsmouth, and Doncaster are three of the favoured teams, then we've nothing to fear. Now, Simeado. Simeado. Um Adam, we saw we saw a debut for uh, Johnson, the lad who's come from Leicester. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, I think he uh, pretty much brought what he said he was going to bring. Really, he's a bit bit quicker than than what we had. Um, 
I thought he thought he had a really solid first game. Really, he gave the ball away the odd, odd occasion, but yeah, he was he, he looked he looked competent to me. I think my view on him at the moment is I think he's all right as centre back number two. You a little bit like Kipri. I do think he needs someone experienced alongside him because uh, I don't think last night he, in the game. I know we'll come to that in a moment, but I don't think he was as he was as good. But the centre back number two, if he's playing alongside a more experienced player. Obviously, at the moment, it looks like Nesmith, who had another great game, I thought. But I also think he's been our best player when he's been on the right. So for me, if we can get two two positions, both ends of the pitch, centre-back and striker, for me, at the moment, are our priorities. Experienced centre-back. Um, somebody up who can who can take... Some experienced striker who can take Garner's players if he gets the knock or he's tired. That, that for me, I think that looking at the games we've played so far, Saturday, Doncaster's chances came for that little bit of lack of organisation at the back, maybe giving them too much space. They did miss some sitters in the first half, didn't they? But yeah, we upped it second half, and I think in the end, probably maybe just about deserved it, just about possibly on the balance. So yeah, very happy, very happy with the 1 0 win. Nathan, anything you'd like to add to that? Um, no, um, I'm happy with the results. Um, I'm not too happy being being at home instead of being in the ground. I'm getting a bit bored of that. Um, I think we're playing well. Like I said, we're a new team, so I understand why there's a few misplaced passes. But there, my worry is that there are a few times against Doncaster where if they were a bit more clinical with their attacking, it could have been a, a different result. But hopefully over time... Um, when the team gets used to playing together, they'll they'll sort those problems out. Um, the only, and I, I know I'll probably get criticised for for saying it, but I, I, my only worry is that is Danny Gardner. He 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 seems to give the ball away a lot for me. I don't know whether whether I'm just noticing it too much or whether anybody else has noticed that. Um, but I'm a bit worried about that. <laughs> yeah, and and obviously. Um... Dan's got him, it's it's something we'll come to in a moment, but he's obviously earned himself a, a new contract. Barry? Hi. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Um, I was doing a pregnant pause as it's known in the trade. Right, okay, okay. okay. Uh, Dan Gardner. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I think Dan Gardner is more of a, uh, a squad player, isn't he, than a first-team starter. Uh, and, you know, some, some players are, will come on and do a job for you. Uh, you know, late in the game and all the ball up. Uh, that's that's how I see him. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I would never, in the situation we're in, I wouldn't knock any player who's come come to uh, our aid, really. No, personally. But I understand. You know, it, I mean, let's get back to calling the players because <laughs> you know what I mean. We've, we've been other pressing matters, aren't we? Let's get back and give Don't them some. Get him off. Get him off. Yeah. Cup. What about yeah. um, Viv Solomon Otterbore with a, another assist for the Latics? Very good. Yeah, really impressed with Viv. Again, uh, did the uh, the assist like he said. I mean, is that now? He must have three or four assists this season He's already. There. He's up there. He's definitely over the edge, man. Uh, and I'm so pleased we've got his hand up till January at least. I'm sure they'll give him an 18 month contract minimum when the new owners are in. I'm, I'm, I'm positive of that. He's a find. Defined, yeah, and just on, uh, that, just on that point as well. That you just said that word, it's a it was a find. Um, it, interesting who found him, 
because uh, when when he signed, Richardson was the uh, the manager still, wasn't he? I presume we haven't got, we didn't have any scouts really, and I don't know who's uh, who's found him, but it was like you said, it was a great find, but I don't know who found him. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's uh, the football agent that the uh, big betrayers had advising them on player sales. He must have been one of his his clients. You know, that's Possibly, the thought. Yeah, and yeah, maybe advising them on recruitment as well, and which managers are available and that kind of stuff. So yeah, <clears> possibly. <throat> but whoever it was deserves a pat on the back because he's a good one. He is. He is a good one. Um, Nathan, uh, just while it's your your first time this uh, season, um, and you, obviously you've mentioned Dan uh, Gardner. Who's been your standout player um, since we've got back to the season? I'd say either Viv or Naismith. Um, I think Viv, if I, if I was coming in as a new owner, I'd be giving him a permanent contract straight away. I think he's, he seems a brilliant player um, in League One, um, so I think we should be looking to sign him. Um, and Naismith seems to be acting as a strong, experienced um, rock, basically, who's been at the club a while and is, you know, Making it all work, it appears. Yeah, yeah. Right, there was another game this week as well. We played in the trophy um, against Port Vale. Went down at home um, to three goals to one. Some sloppy mistakes, um, especially if I recall rightly, the second goal um, were, I think our defence parted like the Red Sea. Or is it the Dead Sea or whichever sea it is? Like a sea. Um, but yeah, the positives to take from it, the second half was much better and what a goal from Pierce. Adam? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it was... Was it not the third? I mean, the third goal, I think, he parted as well, but it could have been... Um, it might be the third. It might be the third. Yeah, it was early second half. Yeah, I mean, I alluded to it before. I think we were very sloppy. What as Nathan was saying, I think it was emphasised even more last night, giving the ball away. We gave the ball away way too too much last night. But one thing I think Ash mentioned on commentary, I think he said there's somewhere like Port Vale, even though they made some changes, had 2,700 league appearances between them and we had something like 700 and odd. And if you put into that, you know, the likes of, uh, obviously, Lee Evans and... Uh, James, who've probably played uh, played a few games, you know, you've got to look around. Where, where's the rest of the experience? It, it isn't really there, is it? So, so really, you've got to kind of say more more minutes on the pitch. Some some player like Crankshaw's getting more minutes, and I think he's going to be a good player. Um, you know, Orby's got to learn. You know, I think I think he's got a lot of attributes of a good player, but you know, he's got to develop. He'll learn from his mistakes. Um, uh, yeah, I mean. I wasn't too disappointed, and I'm very, very pleased with the last 20 minutes. I mean, on another day, we could have actually got a 3-3 out of that. <laughs> so, you know, that's still the most exciting 20 minutes of the entire game for me anyway. And uh, Yeah, if we don't progress in that competition, we'd give our youth, younger players more game time. You know, it's really good. And, um, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the league. Yeah, anyone want to add anything in? Nathan, Barry? Yeah, yeah, just uh, the 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 setup. I, I looked like uh, Sheridan was experimenting a little with with the way he set us up last night. Uh, 
Pierce was playing more of a left winger than a, a left back, weren't he? Yeah. Um, especially in the first half, I think it changed a bit when he brought um, Viv on in the second half. But yeah, it was it was interesting to see. Uh, you know, that's what those games are for, really, aren't they? Just just a little bit of experimentation. I mean, nobody's really bothered until we get to the final about us winning it. You know, so if we if we go out, we go out. Um, but uh, yeah, when you said parting parting of the Red Sea, there was a, quite a bit of that. It seemed like we was uh, our defensive two midfielders uh, weren't as compact as what they've been for the other games. Maybe they they were just trying things a bit different. Like I said, yeah, right, Nathan. Anything to add or? No, I was just uh, well. I was just going to say that although we gave the ball away and maybe we were a bit sloppy, I think midfield-wise there were things to take out of the game because if you look, if you look to the statistics afterwards, I think it, it, we we have sixty-nine percent possession or something. It was in the sixty percent. So I think if defensively we were as sloppy and we had a bit more forward attacking momentum, I think. Um, it might have been a different result, but there's obviously if you have sixty nine sixty odd percent possession in a game, there must be some positives to take passing wise from the midfield, even though it was a bit dull. Absolutely right. Well, we can put the trophy to bed, can't we? Uh, we take on Tranmere in our penalt- in our last game. A win sees us through. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, we've asked our listeners for any questions uh, the first one was from Stuart Hart at Jag Lemons um, was asking about our thoughts on the petition that has surpassed 100,000 signatures now to allow fans to attend football matches at all levels we'll come to you Adam first because obviously um, I just want to come to you first basically I don't have a reason <laughs> I thought you were going to give me a big build-up then, but yeah, I just come to me. But yeah, I mean, obviously they've, re- they've returned at the uh, lower tiers of football, and I'll be speaking to Mark Mark Hayes later about the experiences at Ashton Town. For me, I think we got to a point. It's a very highly regulated um, industry football. You know, safety at grounds and everything like that. Post Hillsborough is paramount. You know, it's highly regulated. You can. Surely, in this day and age, put on a sporting event that is at a quarter capacity, maybe, get people through through those doors, start getting a little bit of income coming back in, back in, and you know, just raising a bit of morale. You know, just um, obviously you've got to respect social distance, but if it can be done at obviously on a smaller scale, but if it can be done by, let's say, you know, volunteers at a, at that level down at Ashton Town. Um, I don't see why sort of the professional level, particularly with a bit of funding being put in there, why why we can't can't do it there. Well, it, it's interesting because both Nathan and I um, attended a Charn at Richard game uh, a few weeks back, didn't we, Nathan? Yeah. And every everything that they did there was fine. You had to sign up for your track and trace as you went in. The seats were you know um, spread out, so you couldn't sit next to each other and things like that. So there's a lot there's a lot in place, um, and these lower league clubs are doing it, and people are observing it. Um, I have seen images from the weekend, um, especially at lower league games. Uh, a certain podcaster, actually, who we all quite well know. Um, and th- there's a lot of them around together, no masks on, huddled together to record some sort of um, segment for, for that podcast. 
that's what I think needs to be protected. Um, how do you think, Nathan, that can be um, protected for, you know, for, 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 for the likes of us? So I've obviously got a vested, uh, vested interest as an NHS um, employee, but in my mind, um, a petition or politics in football shouldn't dictate when fans are allowed to get back into grounds. It should be, it should stay as being the science and the health side. It shouldn't be a political decision. So I'm not sure a petition. If, if we're going to get in the, the routine of a petition, stopping the science and letting people into the ground, I think that's a bad, a bad road to go down, in my opinion. Um, also, as, and I'm as frustrated as anybody about being in the ground. I find it very dull being sat on the couch that when I'm normally sat next to the drummer in ES2. But um, that's another part of the, the debate in my mind is, I think even though I want to watch the football and enjoy it, I go to the non-league matches and I'm not a passionate supporter of the teams. But if I went to Latix and it was all social distancing and I'm used to being an ES2 in the thick of it, I, I, I can't help but think it could be quite a, a dull, a sterile experience for me when I'm used to being in the midst of smoke and singing and drummers. Yeah, just just to come in on that, uh, Simon's very much used to that. He sits in the West Stand. Oh, so we, we very, go. Very used to it. <laughs> I, I, currently, I currently sit in no stand at the moment. So I'm, uh, I'm in the uh, what would be the North Stand uh, where I watch the games. Um, so we'll, obviously, we'll go into a bit more detail. I think when we when we listen to uh, Mark Barry, um, another question came in from uh, at Latix Spake. Which said, following that goal last night, which Tom takes our next free kick 25 to 35 yards out? Wigan, Wigan North America Athletic, whoever they are, repeat, replied with left side James, right side Pierce, centre, rock, paper, scissors. Yes, is that all you got to say? Is that all you're adding to that? Yeah, it was my question. So I thought that was a good debate. Two cracking free kicks. Uh, Two week apart, both from our full backs, similar sort of distance. Uh, who takes the next one? Yeah, That's well, my question. Whoever gets there does first it, for me. Yeah. Does it remind you of a combo from the past? If you think for to an extent, I know it didn't always happen this way because uh, we, we had another certain right back, but at times we might have Ryan Taylor and Leighton Burns in the team. You won't get too many better free kick takers than those two, would you? No, no, they're, they're, they're spot on. They're spot on. So it was nice to have some fan involvement, albeit one of them is a uh, panellist. I did say panellist. Uh, the only other question comes from Nathan Sinclair, and that was, anyone fancy a 10K run in the morning at 7pm, <laughs> at 7am or just earlier? Any of you two lads, I know you're both keen runners, but I bet you're going to both come up with an excuse now, aren't you? Well, I... I've just told you before I want crutches, so unless you want to go very, very slow, very, very slow, then that, that, sorry, I'm out. There's another uh, excuse. And, and uh, seeing as I've just tested positive for COVID, I think I've got a good excuse as well. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Nathan, um, I'm I'm working at that time, so unfortunately I, I, I can't join you anyway. Having, having said my last statement, Simon, can we just reiterate how we're conducting? We're not sat in a room together, are we? 
No, I mean, yes, it's all been conducted um, in a very COVID-secure way. The only room that we're in is a virtual room. Um, yeah. I'm two metres from the screen. <laughs> all in individual houses. But, Barry, um, we hope you get better soon. Um, you're about halfway through, aren't you? Your isolation period. Um, so, wishing you a speedy recovery. Um, and if you need anything, Pendlebury will be around. <laughs> Okay, so the takeover. It's going through. Krasner says it should be done before October is out, so it'd be nice to get him gone for Halloween. And But there's been some weird stuff in the news um, and on Twitter regarding uh, a certain, certain gentleman. And we'll come to that name in a moment. But Latic's new owner has been named in Spain as... Um, well, I can't even pronounce his name. Um, but Barry... What's what's the significance of this gentleman from Spain and uh, potential links? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I just read, read read a few things. I've uh, I've seen some stuff saying that it's uh, that it it, it it is fake, uh, but uh, he's been linked to the guy who's in it who tries to get it. Charlton Chris Fernell, uh IPS law fella, who uh, just happens to be. Roberto, one of Roberto Martinez's legal advisors as well. He uh, he got him his compo when he got sacked at Everton, and he got him. A, it's all on the website though. Ten million quid he got him as a payout, which is uh, you know a, a decent day's work really. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's, it just seems a bit strange. I've read some stuff. I mean, Nathan's probably followed it closer than me, but I read something where um, this Cristo guy in Spain was. Some sort of fall guy for it for him, a front man for this final. But I don't know; it, it doesn't ring true to me. And I know Adams had a chat with uh, Marquez today, where they uh, talk about him as well. I mean, the exciting thing for me though about uh, Miguel Cristo is that uh, his uncle's a lion tamer. That should be some entertainment for our time for us. So that, I'm excited can he, about can that. You, uh, when we play Hull City, can he do the Tigers as well? Oh, yes. Nathan, um, what's your talk? Because obviously everyone who uh, uses Twitter will know you're a, uh, a big user um, of Twitter. It's, uh, from from a sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, going, back, going back to the game at Chan uh, at Richard, that uh, when I picked, uh, when me and Nathan went... Um, his wife had told him to uh, stay off Twitter. And I think that lasted just into the first half, didn't it, Nathan? Before he was <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, uh, one of the reasons that uh, Simon asked me to come on the podcast a few weeks back, and uh, well, a few months ago probably now, and I've, I've, I've declined the invitation because I probably would have got everybody done for libel because there was a few weeks when I've been absolutely raging during the administration period um but yeah i'm feeling a lot better about it now with the new owner with all the stuff on twitter about um farnell and all this i think it's a load of nonsense i think it's been made up by somebody bitter because one of the things you've got to think of if it's a story that's just been leaked that's true why would why would you hire Twitter bot brand new accounts to to write it every ten minutes? There's no reason to do that, is it? Is there because that's just spreading pro? That's what you do if you're spreading propaganda and just want to get something out. It's not how a news story leaks. And the original piece on it came from, I believe it was a Preston fan with some weird, dodgy news website, some pretend thing. And this London Post um, article today. 
Um, they're not really, they style themselves with a newspaper logo, but when you look into it, they're a, a very minor media group. So I'm still of the opinion that it's all a, um, a load of bollocks, basically. I think that's probably the best way. I mean, we're never going to know until we know, will we? Um, I hope Adam, it is, anyway. Yeah. I better put that in. <laughs> uh, Adam, what's your view? Very similar, really, to what Nathan said. Uh, just wanted to pick up on one point. He could have come on the podcast because with excellent legal advice, I would have ensured <laughs> that you you didn't commit libel online. Um, to be honest, I've got I've got to a point now where I'm, I'm a little bit sick of it, to be honest. I may, maybe just um, a bit of Twitter fatigue, social media fatigue. Um, I'm just at the point now where I'm just going to sit sit back and what, what happens will happen. There's not a lot we can do about it now. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, two or three weeks' time, we'll, know, we'll, we'll all know the answer, won't we? And we'll, we'll deal with it as and when it happens, I think, like we always do. It's in our DNA. Barry, do you want anything to add there before I've got, I've got uh, a person's name I want to mention um, and then leave you, let you go? Um, no, just, just really what Nathan said. I thought Nathan used a, a word there to sum it up perfectly. Bollocks. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll leave it at that. I'm not saying anymore because I might be breaking NDAs. All right. Um, Norman Smurthwaite, Barry. <gasps> Here we go. You're yeah. trying to get me raging again now. <laughs> well, he offered one and a half million for, for everything, is what he offered. Joel Krasner, yeah, I checked it out with Joel Krasner if that offer was true. He said, yeah, he said, whatever you do as a club, this is coming from the man that is was hated by our supporters, whatever you do as a club, do not touch Norman Smithwaite, if at all possible. So that's what he was saying. Right then. Adam asks, Mark Hayes. Adam, over to you. So uh, tonight on the Progress of Unity podcast, we've got making his return, uh, Mark Hayes, uh, chairman of Aston Town Football Club. How are you doing, Mark? I'm very well. Cheers, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Unfortunately, uh, we can't sit around the uh, the table in the studio. It's a very, very different time to the last time we spoke. Uh, and we're going to delve straight into, uh, I guess, a, a COVID-related matter. And that's... Uh, the petition's gone in by uh, football league clubs um, to allow fans back into uh, into grounds. It's clearly a massive source of revenue uh, for any club really below the, uh, the the Premier League. And I know that you, yourself at Aston Town has had some experience of this. So just wondering what your experiences are and, and what your thoughts are really on uh, maybe getting this going again in the football league. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, football without fans football at all in, in my book it, it goes hand in hand you've seen how many clubs are struggling and, and obviously at uh, the, the level I'm at literally we can't go ahead without fans so luckily or um, at the minute we've got fans allowed uh, we have to pass a test of um, having 150 in which we did for um, a friendly against Doral Athletic just to test the water and have set up our processes and uh, get everything in order um, the only hard thing for us is uh, it's completely different from the, the professional game where they've got paid employees able to deal with this where I'm relying on volunteers to do a very very important role of keeping everybody COVID safe and, uh, and getting a game on so luckily 150 was passed uh, with flying colours uh, the FA and the league hooked us to a 300 capacity and that's where we're luckily stood at the minute 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm just thinking really you, the point you just mentioned there about um, obviously having paid employees at, fo- at football league clubs, and I guess um, you know football is very heavily regulated, isn't it, in terms of like safety at grounds and all that kind of stuff. So you you would think that there would be potentially in big stadiums to at least allow you know. Um, a reduced capacity like like yourselves because clearly you can't you can't let 2000 into Ashton Town at the moment but they're at least letting you have a I think you said three 350 didn't you so uh, yeah, 300, yeah. I mean do, could, I mean do you think do you think now at this stage it could work in the uh, in, in the football I mean how how easy is it for you to comply if you like with the uh, with 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 the conditions that, that you're uh, put under and I know you said it's uh, it's very much a volunteers helping you out but how easy is it to comply it, you know when you break it down I guess it's very hard uh, because you are relying on people being you know you know we're not just turning up as we as we were able to before and of you know not having certain people in certain roles and, and just be able to manage people through a gate this is where it's completely different now we're having to take temperatures um, even before they go through the gates and then when they go through the gate it's completely different where we're doing it's contactless so we're having everybody um, buy tickets through an app and then I'm scanning, it, scanning an app as it comes through then you've got the NHS tech, track and trace um, you've got the social distancing you've got the fact that they're all wearing masks um, I certainly from our level we can do it as long as we've got the support of the volunteers which very luckily we have um, very luckily as well we've got um, some support from the stewards who work at Wigan as well because obviously they're not needed as much at the minute and uh, thankfully they've come and helped us out for a couple of games and uh, you know, and I'm very appreciative of that but surely at the professional level um, you know, if we're allowed to let 300 in with a 2,000 capacity there's got to be a, a circumstance where fans are allowed into a stadium especially as well where they're all seated you know, so you can literally do seats space, 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 seats space, space. you know, I'm, I'm relying on people's common sense of actually, you know gathering uh, no more than six and then leaving a gap, you know, and that's me managing it, that, you know, from my aspect. So surely the professional game, there's an opening for it, and it's desperately needed. We all, we all need it, um, you know, you know, not just the clubs, but ourselves as fans. Yeah, I mean, we're all, miss, we're all, we're all missing it. And, and also as well, it takes something from the game, I really. I've not... I don't think I've seen... I mean, Latics obviously have been involved in some cracking games since lockdown. I mean, obviously an 8-0 <laughs> win, but... Generally speaking, watching it as a neutral, um, I can't really at the moment get into it. It just lacks something, lacks a bit of bite, I think. I mean, I know we had a couple of odd results at the weekend, but I think in general it just lacks something, doesn't it? You know, that where the, the crowd are sort of pushing you on and things. It just, at any level, you know, you players at, players at uh, Ashton Town's level, you know, it makes a difference if you've got people shouting them on, doesn't it, on the sideline? <laughs> you know, it's, exactly, uh, and as daft as it sounds, and the abuse and the banter, you know, that's part of the game and it's part of what we're brought up in. You know, you know, going to them games at the weekend where they were sporadic pictures and, you know, maybe sporadic results, but I'll be honest, I don't think it is because when you when you actually, it's like a training ground game, you know, where there's, you know, personally, there's no atmosphere for them. They know that there's nobody in the crowd. At least we're sat watching it and we're hearing a bit of shouting and that. But it must be a very awkward scenario where they're used to, you know, especially, the, you know, the, the games where the fans are right on your, on your toes and, and they're not there. You know, so literally it is, you know, you go through the divisions, the home, you know, being the home 
team is not really an advantage anymore. It's, it's playing a game in an empty stadium, which is a, a surreal one for everybody. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think that links in quite nicely because we talk about players who are used to playing in front of big crowds. And obviously, you've just uh, you've just made that signing, <laughs> haven't you, in the last uh, in, in the last few weeks? I know you've talked about this elsewhere. So if you just kind of briefly want to sort of talk about your uh, your big signing and, and, and how he's getting on. any of us really like that do we so uh so going on uh well how, how can we watch uh boys then when's the next uh when's when's the next match well the next next match is saturday we're at home to pilkington's um the twist with boys is he's, he's um i think it was in the news not long ago he's uh he's being appointed uh, a role in barbados yeah so um unfortunately uh as much as he's contracted to Town at the minute me uh Conversation of you're going to have to uh, part Barbados for the <laughs> that are coming. It's, it's not going to go well. Um, it's still up in the air whether he's going to play on Saturday on the basis that Barbados he flies out on the 16th, um, and were we quarantine when we come back? It's the opposite where they're asking him to quarantine before he goes. Oh, right. um, so, so there's, there's a little bit of uh, to and throwing at the minute. So he still might make an appearance, but yeah, our next game is Saturday against Stokington's, which is uh, a great fixture, but it's. Uh, we're going to be St. Ellen technically. Uh, and fingers crossed, Boise might be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I'm similar, similar age to Boise. So if you need, a, if you need a veteran to come in at fullback, <laughs> 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 I'm, 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 I'm,
No, I don't, I, not with my injury at the moment, I don't think. <laughs> or without the, or, or without, without the injury for that matter. Uh, right, so just uh, just very quickly, um, just uh, just obviously a long-time Latic supporter. Uh, I don't want to go, We don't. let's not make it too miserable. We don't want to go over the administration uh, again. Uh, to, no. just, just really a little bit on, you know, what, what you've seen of us this season, really. You know, how, how you think... Uh, you think it's going back in back in League One under very difficult circumstances? Just just your thoughts on that, really. Uh, I'll be honest, it's it's so frustrating. It's just a you know, it's it's just like a bad box of frogs. I just don't know what to think of it. You know, um, obviously the heart's been ripped out of the the club. Um, you know, starting with the employees that lost the job and and then ripped out of a very good team. And you look at the players where he went and and uh, you know what we could have got for these players. And we're sat with the team now. What's great is, you know, the passion's still there. Wigan has that ultimate, uh, for some reason, it's the never-say-die attitude and, and fingers crossed we'll get over the uh, the hurdle. Um, I am a little bit sceptical of, uh, skeptical of the uh, the guy who's uh, bought us. Uh, I was, as soon as I heard the Spanish link, I was straight on to Isidro Diaz and uh, seen his knowledge um, regarding the situation. And uh, he said he's not got the greatest of reputations in Spain, uh, but it's all about he... He wants to get clubs that are in the mire better, you know. So hopefully, we'll be the the twist of it all, where he, he can do that, and uh, you know, it, it keeps us breathing a little bit longer, and, uh, and we can go on to better, bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely. And just just a quick one: if if the game is on, uh, obviously, career, I've got a COVID issue. But if the game is on, what what would be your prediction for the game at uh, Grest? I don't know if it's called Gresty Road now, but it was in my day anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly was in my day as well. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think we get something from the game. Uh, you know, I, I, I certainly, I certainly do. I think, uh, as I say, that the, the way Wigan rallies behind the team is just unbelievable, and the, and the players that we kind of pick from uh, from nowhere as well, you know, end up doing well for us. So uh, I wouldn't rule out uh, um, certainly uh, a point coming away from it. Yeah, I think it'd be a decent result that as well. I think I think that would yeah. be a good 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 point. But obviously, if the games if the games not on, we can. Uh, how, how do we how do we buy a ticket? For, did you say through an app? Did you say for the game? Yeah, it's through an app. So we're doing everything through an app called Showcal. Um, so I stumbled over these guys because obviously we're we're having to find a different way to uh, sell our clubs at the minute uh, with no uh, you know um, contactless uh, ways of doing these things. So it's uh, an app called Showcal. Um, the guys who invented this um, it's kind of a bit of a just eats kind of app, um, but they knew the Trafford uh, chairman. So. Trafford started selling their tickets through there and they were selling out every game. So I thought I'll have a bit of that and see if we can do it for us. So it's through an app called Showcal. Um, tickets are a fiver for adults. Um, and literally just come along, buy it on the app and I scan it on the way through. But it's vital to try and, uh, for everybody's mental health, I think, and everybody's sanity to watch live football. And it's something we can do at our level at the minute. So anything be appreciated uh, yeah. to come and support them. I know there's quite a few Wigan fans do come down, so it's, uh, it's really appreciated. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So thanks, thanks so much for uh, joining us, Mark. And uh, hopefully, the next time we speak, we can be right round that table again, and uh, maybe have, maybe having a beer. <laughs> Sounds good, mate. Thanks yeah. for having me on. Cheers, Adam. Yeah, cheers, mate. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yes, something very interesting. That um, obviously talks in detail about how how it's his approach to. Um, sort of the return to fans and they did the pilots and that worked well and obviously he's been allowed to let up to 300 in in a capacity of 2,000 so a little bit of a mention of our good friend friend of the podcast uh, Emerson Boyce um, 
probably not mention it in too much detail, but they got beat 5 0 on <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, and obviously, he's just been talk, talking a little bit about um, the Latics situation, being a, lo- a lifelong Latics fan as well. So, uh, yeah, I could basically add to what he says if, uh, if you're at a loose end and the Latics are not playing, then uh, he's, he's explained how you can go about buying a ticket for uh, for the games and good to get out there, isn't it? And watch your watch a live match if you can. Absolutely, right. Well, it was good to hear him speaking about uh, contacts in Spain as well with regards to the new owner. Yeah, certain Mister Diaz. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, make of that what you will. Interesting. Interesting. Right. Nathan, you're looking very serious. You're just taking it all in. I'm still thinking about Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you want his, do you want his number, Nathan? <laughs> no, I'm, but, I'm just happy that he's not taking over because I got a bit fed up with some of the people's responses and everyone, everyone's response every time was, yeah, but if he's the only option and we're going to get liquidated... We've got to take it. And that seemed to be the reply to every single argument you had on, it would, on Twitter. To be yeah, honest, though, it would have... We're going to get liquidated to do it. <laughs> it prob- the thing is, is that the likelihood is that it probably would have happened further down the line anyway. So, and, and as Barry said last week or the week before, never want to go through this again. So, if, if, if all it's doing is delaying the inevitable, I'd rather we look for a more long-term sustainable uh, option. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping from these new owners. And talking of yeah. long term, gone. Just, just uh, a bit on Smurfley, which uh, I've, I've lost myself in uh, due to a high temperature I've got at the moment. Is uh, these are my excuses, by the way, and they're coming out thick and fast. Uh, one of the things with Smurfley was that he was only interested in getting all of the assets. That was from uh, Gerald Krasner and uh, from somebody else as well. Uh, and he, he approached the council uh, to buy the freehold for the ground, which obviously has covenants on it. And so, you know, without a doubt, he'd have been looking to do something there. So from what, what you're saying, um, it's probably going to be a controversial comment. Um, and it may be me putting two and two together and making ten or something. Are you... Are we implying that he could have potentially been the person who was mentioned in the anonymous letter about asset stripping and a person who wanted to take over the club for that purpose that you just said? Uh, I don't think that was aimed at him because I don't think he was on the scene then. It just seemed a similar narrative. (laughs) Exactly the same, yeah. Exactly the same, Uh, yes. Okay, is it time to look forward now to Crew? Um, potentially a game against Crew. Let's put it that way, <clears throat> due to their COVID situation down at Gresty Road. Uh, the referee is Martin Coy from Durham. He's refereed four games, issued twelve yellows, two reds. Barry. Yeah, he's a relatively new referee to the football league. Um, he's refed us twice before uh, against. Uh, Crawley in the FA Cup if we cast our minds back 2017-18 season that's when the two games were um, we won that one 2-1 and then he, he refed us away at Bradford if you recall Michael Jacobs scoring uh, right at the death in that game to give us the three points 
which was four days before we played Southampton in the FA Cup quarterfinals when we got knocked out. He's only refereed Sammy Martha in two games and he's booked him both times. I don't know if that's a surprise to anybody or not. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Adam, um, do you want to lead into Adam Asks before we uh, go on to the previous? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I've um, we've got someone from another podcast. So we love we love the podcast world, and it's Stuart from the Railway Men podcast, and that would be very easy for Jonathan Ross to say. Hello, this is Stuart from the Railway Men podcast. I'm just going to answer your questions for you. So, number one, how's the season going? Happy with the signings. Um, so yeah, I think we're pretty happy with how the season's going. Um, we lost the first two games, but I don't think many crew fans were too disappointed with that. Looking at who we were playing, we had Charlton and Hull in our first two games. So obviously we were two season, uh, two divisions below those guys last year. Um, so we lost 2-0 to Charlton, 1-0 to Hull. So we weren't, weren't disgraced. There was nothing uh, that was too bad about those. Crew fans tend to be fairly realistic. Uh, we won our third game. Uh, when we were at home to the MK Dons 2-0 but we could have won 7-8-0 it was an absolute bizarre game where they had 70% of possession but two shots they just did not seem to be bothered about actually trying to score goals and were more than happy just keeping the ball at the back passing amongst themselves even when they were losing obviously uh, we haven't played this weekend gone Um, we'll come on to that shortly Um, so yeah three games in we've quite hard um, fixture list to get us going through September and the start of October obviously Wigan the other relegated team last year we should have played Oxford who are last season's playoff finalists so a tricky start Uh, in terms of signings uh, we signed five players in the summer Uh, the one that probably got crew fans most excited was uh, the return of Luke Murphy who came through our academy he was sold originally to Leeds for a million pounds and he's just come back this summer Um, He's a bit older, a little bit slower, but a little bit wiser. Uh, He's slotted into that midfield three quite well uh, alongside Ryan Wintle and Ollie Finney is the player that's been playing. Um, He's very good, very technical. uh, So, yeah, crew fans are happy to have him in. Uh, The other one I'd say that's been an instant hit would be Mika Mandron, who came through the Sunderland Academy up front. Hasn't got a lot of goals in the future, in the the future, in the past, but... um, his hold-up play, his link-up play, his work rate have all really, really endeared him to, especially me, if not all the crew fan base, but I'm really excited about the prospect of having him up front with us. Uh, we also signed Omar Beckles at the back, who's been a really good start for me. I think he's had a, yeah, a very good start and looking to build that defensive partnership with a, another young lad called Luke Offord, who's our latest academy player to start playing for the first team. Uh, other two can't really say much about they haven't really played we signed Donovan Daniels at the back came with a bit of a mixed review from his uh, fans from ex-players ex-clubs so not really seen too much of him to comment same as Anzala a youth striker come up from Accrington Stanley hopes for the season I think most crew fans are, again, like I said, realistic. We are not expecting back-to-back promotions. I think if you spoke to most crew fans, mid-table would be where we were looking at. If we can hold on to our players that we've got, I don't think many crew fans are realistically looking at relegation being an option. 
I personally said around at the start of the season, around 12th, 15th, somewhere in that middle bracket, maybe sneaking into the top half would be about where I see us, if I'm being realistic. I'd be surprised if it's any lower. I'd be happily surprised if it was any higher. Key player to look out for. Um, so Charlie Kirk would be the obvious one. Um, he's our attacking winger. We play 4-3-3. He's the left winger. Uh, he came through the academy a few years ago now. Uh, surprised he's still there. He signed a new contract in the summer, which I think is more to do with crew making sure they get some money back when he does go on. Um, he'd be the one who looks like he's starting most of the moves or finishing off most of the moves. On the other wing, we've got Owen Dale, yet another academy product coming through. Uh, he's starting to get regular game time. Uh, he's starting to uh, look like he is the player that the academy coaches think he's going to be. He might not even start this game if that um, Daniel Powell is back from injury um, because he was our right winger last year. Other players you may have heard of, Perry NG, Harry Pickering, right back, left back. They're, again, both academy players, both going to go on to bigger things. Uh, I'm surprised they're still there, along with Ryan Wintle, Charlie Kirk. They're the four big ones that are going to be the next uh, in our long line of academy players that we sell on. Um, although, having said that, we had nine of the 11 start in the last game from our academy, so that production line is still there. Uh, update on the COVID issue. Uh, I'll do the same. I'll do four and five together with the prediction for Saturday at the same time. So I don't think the game will go on after having all this conversation about key players and who to look out for and all of this. The game can't go on. It was called off on Saturday uh, against Oxford last week. Uh, last minute, it was around 2, 2.15 when the news started to break that uh, one of our players, Ryan Wintle, had COVID. Um, and then it became apparent that another player, Omar Beckles, the centre-back signed he also had COVID. Now, from what we understand, this may not be correct, but from what we as fans understand, Ryan Winter went for a test. He got the results on Thursday. He started to self-isolate on Thursday. Uh, Omar Beckles, because he's got uh, a young child at home, he was worried, so he decided to go and get a test for himself. Wasn't showing any symptoms. Travelled down with the... Um, team on Friday to the hotel to stay overnight before the game on Saturday and then he got his results after travelling down uh, that he had got coronavirus so uh, that's when it all became apparent that we couldn't play on Saturday uh, and that game was called off fairly late, late minute last minute um, on Saturday because of that because of the fact that Omar Beckles was around the other players then I can't see crew playing any time now until like the two weeks are up. They were due to get their own tests done Monday morning. At this point when I'm recording this, uh, there's not been any news, no results about that. But by the time you hear this, that might have changed. Um, so yeah, I don't think the game will go on. But if it does, uh, I'm sure Wigan will give us another stern test. It's a hard league. Um, so yeah, I'd be happy to come away with a draw, I think. Very interesting when he's uh, when his big prediction is that the game's not going to take place after the um, obviously COVID incident uh, last week. He doesn't seem very positive about that uh, at all. Um, guess he's quite happy about the start to the season. You know, I think coming up from the division below, he made a solid enough start. And the other thing I was surprised about, which I've obviously not been keeping up on, is the. Uh, the fact they've got Donovan Daniels and um, Man Mandarin, is it? Mandarin? Oh, Mikhail Mandarin. Mikhail Mandarin. Yeah. 
Um, he was part of the uh, worst transfer window in uh, world history, wasn't he? In that uh, uh, the Warren Joyce uh, era. Uh, so um, yeah, and he seems quite. He said he's very excited, very excited to have him there, and he's doing a good job. So you know, I, I suppose Daniels was all right for us, wasn't he? He was okay, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I didn't didn't know they'd signed those. Not really been keeping up with it. Uh, but we keep getting reunited with players, don't we? We did last night as well, Whitehead as well. So I'm sure we'll come across a few more during the course of the season. Absolutely. Just, talk, just talking about Warren Joyce's transfer deadline day, Sam. It, there was one what ended up being a successor. He went away from the Latics. Uh, Josh Loran, who's now at Reading, uh, went to Shrewsbury. Had three seasons with them and, and he's got himself a good move to Reading and, and he's playing quite yeah. well, I believe. I don't know what you thought. I don't know if it was last season, Barry, or the season before a couple of those uh, cup games. I thought he was all right. You know, I thought I, he didn't look a bad one to me. I, 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 that first season, I don't think he, he was quite ready. But but yeah, I think I think on, he played a few under Paul Cook in the cup games and I thought he did all right. And then he was superb in that. Is it Liverpool he played last year, I guess? Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the FA Cup. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, Callum Lang was superb as well yeah. in that game. But, you know, that's another story, isn't it? Right then. So, we've played um, crew 32 times. We've won 15, uh, 16, drawn 6 and lost 10. Last time out was January 2016, the 23rd of Jan. It was a one-all um Results with a defender who's caused a stir amongst Latics fans recently. Um, who's a scorer for us. Our bench that day was Lee Nichols, Jack Hendry, Tim Chow, Adam... F- oh, no, sorry. Um, Jordan Flores, Harris Vukic, Craig Davies and Will Grigg. We'd be all right with them starting at the moment, wouldn't we? If a man sat on the bench. Yeah. Who, played up, who played up front? Was it not um, Alex Ravel? No, Jordi Arula. Jordi Arula. Mm, what a memory that is. Mm. I haven't remembered that. Because yeah, yeah Rico Barra scored I don't 16 think he quite took, Yeah, don't think he quite took off then, had he? You know, the um, Greg, I think it was the second half of the season where he started really banging the goals in, didn't it? So, well, that was the second half of the season. That was 2015. Well, it was January. roughly halfway point. You know what I mean, Sai? Yeah, I'd had, had he not, had he not uh, just been away with Northern Ireland? Probably, I don't know. But he will score goals. Been left out yeah. of the um, Sunderland squad this week, hasn't he? For the, the trophy game that they played. My yeah. wife my wife wants us to re-sign him. Not for a footballing reason. I asked her why, because she wasn't a fan when he when he played. And she just said she wants to sing the song in ES2. So no, no, better, no better reason. Yeah, I thought he was going to say something else then, Nathan. That <laughs> <laughs> filing for divorce. Uh, Nathan, we'll start, we'll start with you. How do you see the game going if it goes ahead on Saturday? And, and what is your backup? Um, I would have said about a 1-0 or 2-0 win, but seeing as they've got players out because of COVID, I'm going to say 3-0, 3-0 Wigan. And my backup is... Um, I'm working till one and then I could go to Bamber Bridge or at home and the tickets are free for NHS staff at all Bamber Bridge games. 
not bad at all. I, I've someone sent me a Bamber Bridge uh, flyer for today for the for the game. I've seen that in my uh, my inbox from a certain uh, panelist today. Uh, Barry, how do you see the game going? Um, well, if it goes ahead, I think I think we'll we'll get um, one apiece. One apiece, and what's your alternative if it doesn't? Well, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> Are you rubbing it in? No. I'm, uh, probably stay in bed. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Barry. I didn't. I did not think. Um, Adam, same to you. Prediction and alternative. Yeah, I, it's a tough one, really, because I think uh, our performance levels in the league generally have been decent. Crew are no better than the sides that we've played, although they've made a good start. I can see see us scoring goals. Uh, probably not a clean sheet, so maybe a maybe a two one. 2-1 win. Uh, I'm doing an online open day for Edge Hill in the morning, but I should be finished in time. If I so wish, I can. Uh, I might nip over and uh, see the um, Aston Town. Um, just want to not watch the live football match since uh, since March. So yeah, it'd be nice to uh, nice to uh, to go in the flesh and watch watch a game, and uh, hopefully they'll have some pies on as well. Oh, don't start on pies! Please <laughs> do not start on pies. Uh, that was uh, that was meant to be Nathan's tea at uh, Charnet Richards when we went, and he ended up having uh, a couple of bags of Seagbrook crisps and a can of pop. I felt sorry for the lad; he'd been bigging up these pies all day. <laughs> the 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 crew game. Um, I wish that game was on actually because that's a ground I've never been to. I don't know if any, any of you guys never have. been never been grass oh, road. Yeah. I don't know if any, did any of you go to the game that got uh, called off quite late? I was in a pub in Crew and uh, frozen pitch. It got got called off. Uh, yeah. It was the Paul Jewell Championship season, and then we went on a we went on a Tuesday night. Massive crowd on. We did did a one nil, and uh, I think Ellington scored. And um, is it Sodji? Sodji got sent off. Sodji, yeah. Effie Sodji. High tackle, high tackle on McCulloch. Yeah. Referee uh, referee went to the square in the air and said it was a high tackle on report. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next week, we have a great occasion to look forward to. And it's a meeting with our comrades, comrades in arms down at the Valley, Charlton Athletic. They've been there for us when we needed them. And I hope that we've been there for them when they needed us. It's going to be an emotional one, isn't it? I mean, you know, we'll, we'll obviously preview that game next week, but you take a nil-nil. So, uh, you know, benefits both teams. Yeah, uh, maybe next week we can get somebody on live to have a chat with, you know, join us for the old podcast. What do you think? Yeah. What? Yeah. Have we got a midweek game this week? No, no. No, um, no it's actually a clear week. Busy month though, fixture-wise. Um, yeah, that's why I thought with it being a busy month, I thought um, I thought we might have one this week, but obviously we can have a we can have a week week on the grass. Yeah, with two games next week, Charlton Peterborough. Yeah, then followed by um, Plymouth at home. Uh, the news broke today. Was it? Well, it's been broken this week uh, that the MK Dons game away will be played at seven pm um, on the twenty seventh of October and Northampton complete the month at the DW Stadium. There's been some additional news that our game against Bristol Rovers at home will be played at 7pm. I'll be honest, watching from home, don't mind those 7pm games because you can either 
have an early night after it or um, ignore the video calls that come through from Pendlebury or um, watch the second half of uh, another game that might be on Sky. So has anyone got anything else they'd like to bring to the table before we wrap up this week? Yes. I'll start with Gondar, you first. Well, you go, because mine's the final bit anyway. Yeah, I was just um, just saying that what, one thing uh, been good about watching the TV, I've enjoyed um, Ash and uh, Tommy's uh, contributions. They've been excellent. Uh, obviously, great great knowledge, and you know you do learn you learn things uh, along the way as well. So, and I, I don't know what it is with them, but this bad weather keeps following them around, doesn't it? Everywhere you see, <laughs> everywhere those two go, there's bad weather. I think last night I thought someone was throwing golf balls at the at the stadium at one point. It's because they always mm. take the weather with them everywhere they go. Really nice. Yeah, I was going to mention yeah. that. Good, yeah. Good um, um, while we're finishing now, uh, there's uh, another friend of the podcast, The Sloth, who's uh, done uh, a bit of a song this week, and we're going to finish with that, if I can find the MP3 for it. So uh, it's called Sin Miedo, uh, and it's, it's quite a little catchy tune. He, he plays all the instruments himself. He sings he writes, on it. and Writes the theme tune, sings the theme tune. That's the one. That's the one. I know. We, I mean, I, I love our outro music, but this week we're going to go with uh, "Sin Miedo" by the Sloth. It's a good night from me. Good night. Good night from all. Open six.